Episode 33 of Viking 360 focuses on opening night of Ripley High School football. Assistant coaches Steve Sayre and Shane Casto will give us the opening night starting lineups. We'll meet Ripley senior Country Roads. We'll talk about the interesting history of the series between the Vikings and the Parkersburg South Patriots. We'll meet Lady Viking volleyball coach Brenda Moore. And we'll start things off with a trip down Viking memory lane to 1997. As we celebrate uh, 100 years of Viking football, we're going to introduce a new segment to the podcast. It's called Great Viking Victories. Now, we'll set the stage for this one. Uh, it was 1997. Ripley had finished the regular season at 6-4 and four and had qualified uh, for the Class AAA playoffs as the 16th seeded team. Their opponent in the first round would be number one ranked and undefeated Morgantown High. The Mohegans were led by a running back, Chris Ura who was uh, the Kennedy Award winner that year as the top player in West Virginia. He went on to play at the University of Notre Dame. Now, the final minutes of that broadcast on C98 were presented by Rick Shadow Shannon, along with Mike Rubin. So here we go. A minute 15 remaining in the ballgame. Brian did not make... The first down, the ball is at the 36-yard line, their own 36, as the Mohegans. From the shotgun, from the shotgun. shotgun. Woodsbacher. The snap, he's rolling left side, here comes the rush, he gets it away. A Hail Mary. For grabs. Joe Sacker has it! Joe Sacker has it! Joe Sacker has it! Ripley will win this ballgame! standing dejectedly at the 25-yard line. He cannot believe it. Trey Marino raises his hands. He is pointing at the crowd. you got to believe. you got to believe. And Ripley has done what no other team in the state of West Virginia has done all year long, and that is beat the number one Morgantown Mohegans. And the Mohegans are out of timeouts, so all the Vikings have to do now is down the football a couple of times. And, folks, this one is in the books. There is nothing Morgantown can do. They will taste defeat for the first time here in 1997. As Stover goes to a knee. And we are under a minute. And the celebration at Pony Lewis Field is on. Across the way, the Morgantown fans stand in shock. They cannot believe what has happened here tonight. 48 seconds. Okay, we'll snap it one more time. We go down to the sidelines. Jeff Waybright, I don't know if you can hear me, but there is pandemonium. Pandemonium on the sidelines. Ripley will down it one more time, and they'll go home with the victory. Sorry, Rick. Hey, down here talking to Joe Zacher, asking if he wanted to say something. He said, I'm speechless. It's just like sliding in home with two out. Oh, my. It is. The last it's over, game. folks. It's over! As David has defeated Goliath, Ripley wins it 24 to 21. 
And what a party in Viking country tonight. They are circling the field. The Viking fans are on the field. Let's as Morgantown stands in disbelief. Let's hear the line, Mike. You, you rehearsed it earlier. Do you believe in miracles? There it is. It has happened. Ripley has knocked off number one Morgantown 24-21. We're talking with Joe Thacker. And what a year in 1997 this man had. First of all, in the spring of 97, he scores the winning run in the state baseball championship down at Watt Powell Park in uh, Charleston. And in football, he recorded a huge interception as the number 16 Ripley Vikings defeated the number one Morgantown Mohegans on their home field. Joe, do you have uh, memories of that, of that football game in 97? I have quite a few, Rube. It was a good year. It was a good game. How about that specific play? They're they're down to uh, about the final uh, minute of the game, and they have to throw a, ho a Hail Mary, and uh, you were able to uh, come up with a big interception. So we had been practicing all year. The day ran a lot of down-out nuts. So Coach Reed had us ready on the defense, and we also knew their number one quarterback was out of the game. So we knew that we could play a little soft, and that helped me out because I had that high ankle sprain. So I could still run fast straight, but I didn't have that change of direction speed. So I was able to just play off and watch the quarterback, and I knew exactly what play was coming because we were prepared, and it was really just like playing outfield. I just went up and got the ball. Now going into that team, that game, what was the team attitude with number one or number 16 going up against number one? Well, we obviously knew we were the underdog. Everyone was talking about number one Morgantown and their running back, Mr. Chris Yura. So we were really focusing on the run game, but especially because of knowing that the quarterback was out, we knew they were just going to give us a big dose of Yura. Plus, they had Ronnie Rodimer, wide receiver. So we knew they had talent. We knew they had this big weightlifting program and this big school in a bigger town. But that's what Ripley's always been as the underdog, and I think we perform well under that pressure. And we've always kind of had the coaching mentality that we're going to be the underdog and we're going to come in your house and we're going to beat you. And we had a, a string of years where that was really successful and it worked out for us. Joe, let's talk a little bit about the late coach, Frank Marino. He had, it seemed like, uh, an unusual ability to instill confidence in his, in his teams and in his players. He really did. I mean... Coach Rita had a way of talking to the whole team before the games, halftime speeches. I mean, he really just instilled that confidence in us because, you know, that background that he came from and his playing career and then his coaching career even before us, we knew of Coach Rita. We knew that we could trust in whatever he had us up against. And like Shane quoted in the middle of one of his speeches one time, we'd all run through a brick wall for him. And it was that, coupled with him having the confidence in us to kind of have risky plays that we didn't normally do throughout the season, which I think is what helped us kind of propel us into that situation for the end of that game. Because where I was out with that ankle sprain and couldn't return punts and kicks, I came off the field on that fourth down, and Coach Reno said, Zach, you just want to go block it? I said, absolutely, let's go do it. And I go back on the field, and... Me and Russ and S decide that one's going to go in, one's going to go out, and let's go get this thing. And that was all Coach Brino and Coach Reed. 
You know, his, his ability to have the confidence in us, we felt that confidence, which makes us have confidence in ourselves. And it was really easy. I mean, when you have someone that's that behind you and believes in you, then they should believe in yourself. And he just had that knack to get that out of his players year in and year out. Joe, I'm looking uh, at a team photo or the defensive backs uh, on picture day that year. From left to right, it was Jimmy Knight, Jacob Mullins, Shane Casto, Ricky Redman, and yourself. So there were some pretty good athletes wearing blue and white that night, too. Yes, sir. Some good athletes and some hard hitters. Joe, thank you so much for spending time with me, and and good luck this season and and at tonight's scrimmage. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it, Reeve. Ripley and Parkersburg South have had both an interesting and a competitive uh, history on the football field. Parkersburg South traces its beginning to 1967, and when the Patriots went looking for a new football coach, they hired Steve McMillan. Now, he had been the head coach at Ripley since 1967. He would spend three years at Parkersburg South. In the first meeting in 1967, Ripley was coached by Bud Bickle, and the uh, Patriots edged the Vikings by the score of 7-6. to six. In the second year, Ripley was then coached by Ernie Moore, a Parkersburg native, and the Vikings turned the tables and they won 7-6 to six in 1968. In 1969, the Vikings would win 20 to nothing. Overall, there have been 18 games in the series, with the Vikings leading the Patriots 15-13. to 13. On his birth certificate, it says Austin Rhodes, but anybody around the Viking football program knows that it's Country Rhodes. Country, tell me exactly how did you get that nickname? Uh, it started in seventh grade football. I wore boots and shorts to practice one day because we didn't have school, and then after then it was Country Boy, and then it just turned into Country Rhodes. And uh, you're a little bit country. Tell us about where you live. I live on Zion Ridge. For been living there for 10 years, I think now, with my grandpa, and we have 50 cows. And that's out on Greater Tug Fork. That's uh, on the Great Tug Fork. <laughs> so tell us where you'll be uh, offensively and defensively uh, when the Vikings play Friday. Uh, offense, I'll be rotating in at fullback and maybe a little bit of tailback. And on defense, I'll be starting outside linebacker and moving around on defense. Country, you've been with these guys for several years now. Just what is your gut feeling about the Vikings of uh, 2019? Uh, I've been with this team for 10, 10 years. Everybody started playing together in middle school. And uh, it's, we came up together. We played football for a long time. This is the team, and we got to go back-to-back playoff. Thanks, and, and good luck in Friday night's game. All right, thank you. Friday night starting defense, the Ripley Vikings, Vikings versus Parkersburg South. Defensive end, Quentin Joyner, Jr. Uh, nose tackle, Wyatt Cottrell, Sr. Defensive end, Matt Moore, Jr. Other seeing action, Matt Armstead, Jr. Uh, Austin Litton, sophomore, Adam Hill, Sr. At linebacker, outside linebacker, Noah Westfall, senior. Austin Rhodes, senior. 
<laughs> Braden Nichols, senior. Joey Ramsey, freshman. At inside linebacker, Dalton Myers, senior. Austin Bogus, senior. Caden Hall, junior. Uh, also seeing action at inside linebacker will be Jaden Filia, senior. <clears throat> at, in our defensive secondary, Noah Scruggs, cornerback. Austin Steve O.K., cornerback. Brody Boyce, cornerback. Uh, rotating at safety and corner, Cam Ramsey, senior. Uh, Isaac Robertson, senior. Jacob Foudy, senior. Evan Anderson, sophomore. Those are your Ripley Vikings on defense. Starting offense Friday night for the Ripley Vikings. At left tackle, Quentin Joyner, junior. Left guard, Matt Moore, junior. Center, Matt Armstead, junior. Right guard, Wyatt Cottrell, senior. Right tackle, senior, Hunter Reynolds. At tight end will be senior, Austin Bogus. Also seeing time will be senior, Jaden Filial. At split end, we'll have senior, Noah Scruggs, and senior, Austin Kay. Quarterback will be senior, Noah Westfall. Our fullback will be junior, Caden Hall. Also seeing time will be senior, Austin Rhodes. Our tailback will be senior Dalton Myers, and our wingback will be senior Cam Ramsey. <clears throat> All right, welcome back inside Viking 360. I'm joined now by former Parkersburg South Patriot standout, former Mountaineer player, and now current Mountaineer assistant coach Michael Molinari. Michael, thanks for being with me, bud. Hey, Brian. Good to be on here with you. Thanks for having me. Mike, talk a little bit about, um, I mean, I know you've, I've known you since you were a young man, so I, I know your career and, and uh, you know, what happened with you in the South and how you moved on to play in Morgantown, but talk a little bit about that. There's a lot of uh, Viking fans that are also Mountaineer fans, so a lot of them will, will remember you, what you did in Morgantown, and, and just talk a little bit about your career. Yeah, so uh, it's kind of weird, you know, I, I had a, Ended up having a football career, but when I started high school, um, football was not even on my mind. I wanted to wanted to really play basketball at the next level. Uh, didn't even play football my sophomore year of high school. Um, ended up going out junior year and, and just kind of taking up the kicking deal because I had the soccer background. And uh, you know, one thing led to another, and and, and had had a good couple years in in high school. Uh, you know. My first high school game was actually at Ripley High School, so um, I, I wouldn't say uh, positive memories down there, but uh, <laughs> a lot of great memories those two years, and, and it led to, to bigger and greater things in college, and, and walked on at, at West Virginia University, and um, and you know had had my fair share of, of highs and lows, but I'm very proud of the way um, I ended my career, and, and, and now fortunate enough to get into the coaching side of it. So it's been a journey, but. I'm very fortunate, very blessed uh, to be where I'm at right now. Talk a little bit about that, Mike. Uh, you and I uh, have talked about it. We have similar paths, both walking on uh, kickers at Division One level. Uh, talk about the struggle that was going from Parkersburg South High School uh, to Morgantown and into the uh, big spotlight where everybody in that locker room was the best player on their team in high school. And just what a grind it was uh, to – accomplish what you accomplished and then also what you learned about yourself through that process yeah no question i think i think the biggest thing i learned about myself through that whole process is just patience um when you get to the next level and and like you said you know everybody in the locker room was the best 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 kid on their high school team 
Uh, you really just got to be patient. Um, you got to be patient and you also got to be persistent and, and seeking the opportunities to where you can really, uh, you know, get out, get out on the field. And for me, that was placeholding. Uh, never done it before, but, but realized our situation on the roster that, that the, the placeholder uh, was going to graduate and move on so that there was going to be a, an opportunity to get onto the field. Um, so, so I really just took advantage of that. Um, so I think the big thing is patience, staying patient, waiting for those opportunities to present themselves. And when they do, taking full advantage of them. You know, Mike, I've, I've talked a lot about uh, kids now specializing in certain sports, and you were a guy that played a lot of sports, very uh, athletic kid that was a good basketball player, uh, obviously a good football player. Um, talk a little bit about kids now, especially in schools the size of Ripley and Parkersburg South. As a recruiter now, you are in Morgantown a little bit. Um, talk a little bit about looking for kids that play a lot of sports. How does that factor in? Oh my goodness! I'm glad you brought that up. I think it's I think it's crucial uh, when I recruit kid, especially a, a kicker, a punter, a specialist. You know, I'm looking for a, a total athlete. I want an athlete kid that's played a bunch of different sports, been in a bunch of different competitive situations. Uh, for me, I kind of referenced it earlier. Like my my first year in high school, my sophomore year, all I did was play basketball. I was just focused on basketball. I played it, you know. You, Spent the fall just preparing for the winter season, and then in the springtime was playing AAU, and and uh, my, my junior year ended up playing football and basketball, and then my senior year I ended up playing uh, football, basketball, and baseball, and and I probably had more fun than I've ever had in my life uh, playing baseball um, my senior year, and, and looking back, I wish I would have played all three of those sports all three years, so... I think being a well-rounded athlete is really, really important. And as a recruiter now, I like kids who who, who don't don't look to specialize and really just just like to compete and, and compete in everything that they do. Um, and, and guys that are really total athletes and that that are dynamic because you can coach. You know, once you get to this level, you can coach the specialization of things if you have a really good athlete, a kid that's just really coachable and has has been coached by a bunch of different coaches different sports like i said different competitive environments is the thing that i look for and the thing that i like about guys who who play a bunch of different sports growing up so you played under dana you obviously came back and coached uh with him as well he moved on to houston now neil brown's in town talk about that transition for you it's always difficult you talk about the players that are left behind but it's also difficult for the coaches that are left behind when a staff moves on that, that stay put because it's a big adjustment uh, for you as well. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been, um, it's been a transition, but it changes good. You know, change is a good thing if you embrace it the right way. Um, obviously the, I'd say that the coaching style between Coach Olderson and, uh, Coach Brown are, are really, really different, but, you know, Coach Olderson won a lot of football games here. Uh, and, and his style works for him. And I think Coach Brown's going to win a lot of football games here. Um, and so, and I apologize. I'm, I'm sitting here <laughs> in the stadium and we've got a helicopter flying over top of us right now. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, the styles are completely different. But, hey, you got to be willing to embrace that change and adapt. And I've certainly had to do that um, starting in January. Now working for Coach Brown. And, and it's, been, it's been really good. I learned a lot about myself. I uh, worked for Coach Overton in the year that I had last year, um, and, I, and I, I'm learning all kinds of different things 
about coaching now, working at the third round, and, and just the, the more relational side of it with players and um, and really how to serve and develop us in the program. That, that's kind of his, his mantra here, and that's what he stresses to us as, as coaches every day. You know, we're, we're here to serve, we're here to develop. Um, and that's why I got into coaching. So um, really, really excited with the direction that he's going with the program. Um, really, really excited to be a part of it. Talk about, if you can, I know there are a lot of rules for with recruiting and everything, but uh, one of our own from the Blue and White, the Vikings, uh, coming up there this summer. He's not on campus yet, so I don't know what you're actually allowed to say, but if you are, uh, talk about uh, the excitement uh, the Viking fans should have to have that young man on campus in Morgantown. Oh, 100%. Um, I think, and that's one thing that, that Coach Brown, he's, he's taking the program in a different direction in regards to in-state recruiting. I'm um, really, really excited that, that we got one of Ripley's finest and Caden Killer. He's going to walk onto the program this fall. Um, um, you know, give us, he's going to be an in-state kid that's really, really hungry and just wants to see um, the in-state school do really well. So he's going to come in with great attitude, give great effort on, on scout teams or, or, and do whatever really he's asked of them starting off. And, and hopefully he continues to develop as a player and, and, and live out his dream to, to, to play on Mount Nearfield one day. But I, I really, really like what Coach Brown has emphasized um, since he got here in January, how, you know, this state is is, is a great state, and, and we need to, to emphasize more of the in-state recruiting. Um, and that starts with the walk-on program. And, and our, our, our any walk-on program is really the backbone uh, of, of a program, and, and we can really grow our roster number in terms of, um, how many in-state kids we have through a great walk-on program and evaluating the best talent in-state. And so um, I'm excited to kind of help out with that moving forward and, and really find those kids at, at schools like Ripley High School that uh, deserve a chance, you know, to come up here and uh, walk on and, and, like I said, continue to develop and hopefully live out their dream and play and be a Mountaineer and play on Mountaineer Field. You know, it's crazy, Mike, you talk about walk-ons. I was a walk-on, you were a walk-on, my brother was a walk-on. I got a scholarship my senior year after uh, being uh, playing for a few years. But my my former coach, Bill Curry, used to say, as a business owner, and I'm a business owner now, uh, if you have employees who are willing to work for free every day and give you everything they got, you're crazy to not utilize that. And in essence, that's what the walk-on program is. Yeah, 100%. 100%. I think, yeah, that's a, great, that's a great point. I don't think I've ever heard that before. Um, but but with your walk-ons, I mean, they're, they're valuable to a football team now. Um, and just who you get. And, I mean, taking an in-state kid, and, 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 and the way I look at it, I, I love I love walk-ons myself. Maybe I might be a little biased because I was one, but they just come in with a different mindset, different mentality. They're, they're a little bit more hungry, I guess, is the word to describe it. Um, than, than scholarship kids. And so, um, like I said, it's a different mentality. And, and if that mentality is harnessed and coached, like the sky is the limit. Um, you might not be the most athletic kid on the team, but, but you're gonna, if you're going to give great effort, I think it was, who was it, Coach Coach K at Duke that says he'd rather have the, the two-star with a, with a five-star work ethic than the yeah. five-star with a two-star work ethic, something like that. I believe um, so, yeah. But it, 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 it holds so true. It, it really does, and um, as a coach, those are the guys that you want to coach, the guys that are just just hungry and, and have that walk-on mindset, that walk-on mentality, that they got to go out, they got to earn it every single day. 
you know, nothing's ever going to be handed to them. So, um, you got you got to really harness that as a program and utilize that um, to really build build up your team, build up your program. Look, I know you're a busy guy. You're a D1 football coach. Uh, I'm not going to take up too much more of your time, but we are going to circle back around here really quickly and talk about what's important, and that's this week's game with the Patriots and the Vikings. Um, it's always the uh, first game on the schedule for so many years from a Viking standpoint, man. Uh, in, from my eyes, this is probably my favorite rivalry, even over Ravenswood. This has been just a game over the years that has been – a a battle, a war, however you want to call it. We know how we look at this game from the Ripley side. It'd be interesting to hear the Parkersburg South side of things and how you guys view this game. Yeah, well, like I said, I, I got a sour taste in my mouth. My first ever high school football game was was at Ripley High School, and uh, we didn't come out on top in that one. And and I think from the Parkersburg South perspective, we feel like um, that's a game we should win as a rivalry game. Um, and, and we feel like that's a game that we should win. But obviously, Ripley, you guys got a lot of pride down there. And, um, you know, you, you guys are on the rivalry as well. So um, you're going to come out and, and give your best every, every time that, that those teams uh, put, put the pads on. So um, you, can't, you can't take a team like that lightly. Uh, and so I think it's a great game. Uh, I think it'll be competitive this week. I hope it is. What do you um, but. Uh, I hope that darker blue team comes out on top. What do you say the loser does 50 push-ups and puts it on social media? Yeah, yeah let's do that. <laughs> I'm, I'm all for that. I'm in on that. <laughs> all right. Mike, thanks so much for your time, buddy. Uh, we wish you nothing but the best of luck in Morgantown this year. Take care of our boy Caden up there in Morgantown. And uh, keep in touch, bud. Uh, we appreciate you uh, being a part of the podcast. Well, dude, I appreciate you having me on, Brian. Go Patriots. <laughs> You've been listening to current Mountaineer assistant coach Michael Molinari on Viking 360. Our guest on the Viking 360 is the new head volleyball coach at Ripley High, Brenda Moore. Brenda, thanks for being with us today. My pleasure. And you're a familiar face around the volleyball program and around Ripley High. First, tell us about uh, your playing days at Ripley and in the college level. Well, I started playing in high school. They didn't have a middle school team at that time when I was in middle school. So I played all four years at Ripley High School. And then when I went on to play at Davis and Elkins College, so I set all four years at D&E. And then I played two years of club at WVU when I went to graduate school. Very good. Now tell us about uh, this year's team and what kind of goals, aspirations do you have for the Lady Vikings? Well, I feel like we have a good group of girls, good attitudes. I am familiar with all the girls. We, I've coached all the girls in middle school. We have a good, strong group of seniors. They're good leaders on the court. They lead by example. Um, they're pretty versatile. They can play in several different positions. And I feel like we have some strong underclassmen, too. And tell us about you have uh, your first match coming up in the first week of September. September 5th, we're on the road at Point Pleasant. And uh, good luck to you this season. Best of luck for the Lady Vikings. Thank you.
Ripley's uh, cross-country runners got the season off to a strong start by winning three of the four races in the Autumn Classic event in St. Mary's. In the high school division, Ripley took second place as a team. Tory Starcher was the individual winner. The Viking boys placed seventh in that competition. In the middle school meet, the girls placed second in the competition, and the individual winner was Ellie Hassefluck. In the boys' division, Ripley also finished second in the competition, and the individual winner was Max Meadows. If you love the blue and white like we do, and you like to stay up to date on what's going on around Ripley High School Athletics, make sure you subscribe to this podcast and turn on your notifications. It's still a busy weekend for Viking sports coming up. The girls soccer team will travel to Buchanan Upshur. The boys soccer team will play at Morgantown. And there's a rare nighttime cross-country race at Cabell Midland. Until next time, we'll see you. Thanks for listening to Viking 360. We'll see you around.